0: Welcome to Karura's weekly podcast. Thank you so much for taking your time to journey with us. We hope your spiritual life will be transformed as you listen in. We start in 3, 2, 1. Praise Jesus. Praise God again. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor Becky, for leading us so well today. Um, And for everyone... Thank you for making it to church this morning. It's good to see you. For everyone who's joining us uh, through our social media pages, Karibuni Sana, wherever you're joining us from, say hi to the people who you're sharing that Mbozi or that um, Mary with and ask them to share that link with them so that they can get to listen to the Word of God today. Um, We continue today um, in... uh, Salmon series called the cradle the characters around the cradle that pastor Pitson started us off on last week and as pastor becky rightfully said you're going to be looking at the characters um, around the genealogy but from now the characters around the cradle but now from the genealogy um, side so we're going to have a bit of history see where jesus came from for the next two days see what we can learn and see what god um, is telling us in this season i have a few friends and speaking about genealogy i have a few friends who they're not in in this church and they're not watching us on our online platforms whenever we say that we're going to study the bible from cover to cover and we get to Genesis chapter 5. Now Genesis chapter 5 is normally known as uh, that begot um, chapter, where you read this person begot this person, this person begot this person, or the book of Numbers as well. What normally happens is when you sit down to discuss that, they just mention "Ah, I just rushed through it. Um, I didn't understand those names and the names were very complicated. Um, I'm going to come back to that when I want to name my children. And the same thing happens whenever we are reading the book of Matthew. Um, we, some of us tend to rush through the first 17 verses, but I recently took some time to just study, uh, sit down and study and learn about these people. And I can assure you, just the same way that Paul's right uh, says that all scripture, that is every sentence, however complicated or boring it might seem, is god-breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness so that you and i may be thoroughly equipped for every good work and so um i stand here today to attest that indeed there's something that we can learn from the lineage of jesus and i would like to invite you for the next two days for us to see how God uses the historical developments from the Old Testament to glorify himself and to accomplish his purposes. As we study, we will notice how Matthew does not distinguish between um, history and theology. He shows us how both are equally important for our own spiritual growth. You know, we say that history is the basis of theology and theology interprets the meaning of historical events. And so we are going to be seeing how that is interpreted. And as, and so as Matthew writes this book to the Jews, he's, he references a lot of what he talks about from the Old Testament. He offers a solution for us today on how we can trust in the promises of God. As we are rightfully singing and rightfully saying this morning, the promise Um, of god of giving us his only son has been fulfilled and that's what we're celebrating this christmas and you know we live in a season where we want things to happen very fast we want things to happen our way and in the process that we want them to happen and we leave jesus out of our lives last last uh, week pittson was telling us how we're being told to mention jesus less in our songs And we see us leaving Jesus out of our academics, out of our marriages, because the promises um, that God had promised over our lives are not coming to pass. We see us leaving Jesus out of our businesses or even careers, and we want to do our own things in our own ways. We are called the instant generation, wanting the best um, lives for ourselves. Very fast. And it is not wrong to want things for ourselves. But Matthew, as we are going to see, um, reminds us that it, it is important for us to trust in God, to trust in the process, and especially today, for us to trust in the reason for our season, who is Jesus. His main aim is to prove how all the expectations and the promises that we read about in the Old Testament has been fulfilled through the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, this is regardless of the time he took, regardless of the state of Israel or the, our world, um, of their world at that time. He's out to prove that this is not just another myth it's just, it's, it's not another fiction story. It does not start um, once upon a time, but it's something that actually happened. And the people there that he mentions are meant to prove his existence. You'll realize that as you study um, the Gospels, uh, you realize that most of the things that, the, that as the Pharisees were speaking against Jesus, one of the things that they did not Um, do is that they do not quarrel uh, about where or around where Jesus was coming from because it's proven and that's what Matthew is doing um, uh, in the genealogy. So he's not talking about and we're not talking about Thor or Superman or Zeus. We're not talking about something that is happening in our digital media platforms, uh, metaverse. It's not something that Matthew is just talking about but there are things that he can prove and our world today is doing as much as it can to show us how we can replace jesus and it's a reminder for us again today that we are not supposed to replace jesus um, in our lives we, as we see how god's promises with the israelites is finally fulfilled through jesus it's my hope that for the next few days that our faith will grow and our belief and hope in god as well will, will grow we recognize that God's promises of our lives are always fulfilled regardless of how long it takes or how tough our current situations would be. And, and especially in this season when we are going through tough, tough times, it's a good reminder that the promises of God and his word never fails. So we'll read Matthew chapter 1, verse 1 to 17 and we are going to read together so that you can help me pronounce the names and you'll realize that the matthew is is the first 17 verses is generally divided into three parts the first part from abraham to david and then from david to the to the of the israelites being deported to babylon and then the deportation to babylon to christ all right so the book of genealogy matthew chapter one And Hezron, the father of Ram. And Ram, the father of Aminadab. And Aminadab, the father of Nashon. And Nashon, the father of Salmon. And Salmon, the father of Boaz by Rahab. And Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth. And Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of King David. That's the first part, all right? And then, and David was the father of Solomon by the wife Uriah. And Solomon, the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam, the father of Abijah, and Abijah, the father of Asaph, and Asaph, the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat, the father of Joram, and Joram, the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah, the father of Jotham, and Jotham, the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh, the father of Amos, and Amos, the father of Josiah, and Josiah, the father of Jeconiah, and his brothers at the time of the deportation to babylon that's the second part don't get lost all right now we are reading the deportation to babylon to christ and after the deportation to babylon this is where the names get a bit complicated um, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel the father of Abiud, and Abiud the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim the father of Azaz, and Azza the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of Akim, Akim the father of Eliud, and Eliud the father of Eliezer, thank you very much. and Eliezer, the father of Martin, and Martin, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. It's good to just note this part and Jacob, the father the and Jacob, the father of Joseph the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So all these generations, from Abraham to David, were 14 generations, from David to deportation to Babylon, were 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon, to the Christ, 14 generations. And today we are going to camp around Matthew 1.1 and... Tomorrow, at least, we get to read about the other characters that Matthew talks about. And um, the first statement that Matthew starts with is the book of genealogy of Jesus Christ. He's simply proving that Jesus of Jesus Christ is the son of David and the son of Abraham. I think it's important for us to spend some time here so that at least we can get to know what are, who are we talking about, who are we celebrating, who, um, where does he come from? And we realize that Matthew not only connects Jesus to David, but he goes further back to Abraham. In his summary of explaining the origin of Jesus, Matthew begins his account from Abraham. You know, what he started in Genesis leads to David, and then from David leads to Christ. His opening words in Matthew um, connects with the first book that is ever written by Moses in Genesis. and Genesis chapter 12, to prove uh, about uh, him being the son of Abraham, we see or we come across God's call to Abraham and he tells Abraham, God tells Abraham, that go from your country and your people, and I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. All the people on the earth will be blessed through you. Later on in Genesis 22, we see again God speaking or promising Abraham and he tells him in verse 17 that I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sun is on the seashore. And your offspring, not the word offspring, singular, shall possess the gate of his enemies and and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice now god starts fulfilling this promise by making israel into a great nation and you see that in in the book of genesis and pretty much the old testament but the culmination of this promise is through jesus christ who we are celebrating today um, who is the seed of abraham in whom all nations would be blessed this is a promise of salvation from bondage and from captivity of sin we read in Galatians three sixteen. Um Paul writes Now the promises were made from verse sixteen. That now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one. And to your offspring who is Christ. And later on, as you read further in verse twenty nine, we see that if and if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring heirs according to promise we see that god that what god has promised in genesis 12 what god echoes in genesis 22 coming to pass through the birth of jesus christ as matthew writes at the genealogy of jesus christ the son of david and the son of abraham The other thing that Matthew highlights was Jesus is that Jesus is the son of David. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, we find David resting in the space of rest, and he's thinking about how he can build a temple for God. And God sends Nathan to him, um, to speak to him. And from verse 12, we read that when your days are fulfilled, and and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise your offspring after you who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be, be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son when he commits iniquity. I will discipline him with the, with the rod of men with the stripes of the sons of men. but my steadfast love will not depart from him as I took it from Saul, who I put away from before you, and your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. Following all these words and under all this vision, Nathan spoke to David. Throughout his writing, we see Matthew again presenting Jesus as the kingly Messiah from David's royal line. The Old Testament prophesied that the Messiah will come from the son of David. And you have scriptures like Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 to 7. For unto us a child is born and to us a son is given. This was uh, something that was, uh, it was a verse that was read earlier on. Verse 14 to 17, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise that I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell securely. And this is the name by which it will be called the Lord our righteousness for thus says the Lord David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel this culmination is in Matthew 1 1 the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ the son of David the son of Abraham now there are a few things that we can learn from this first verse today and the first thing that we can learn is that God works in his ways in his own ways to ensure that his promise finally come to pass the promises that god makes um, to abraham in genesis 12 and 22 usher us into a few unusual occurrences in, in genesis that ensure that the lineage of jesus christ continues um, few abnormal things happen just to ensure that god's promise um, over abraham will for sure come to pass. Among these are the divine provision of children to barren women. Someone like Sarah, uh, who is the wife to Abraham. When God is promising and making these promises to Abraham, remember that Abraham is is childless and Abraham is homeless. There's nothing to show um, that this promise will for sure come to pass. Abraham was childless and homeless and we read in Genesis 21 that Sarah became pregnant and bore a son called that they named Isaac to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. This was not normal. The second person is uh, Rebecca who's Isaac's wife. Genesis 25:21 Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer and his wife Rebecca became pregnant. Someone like Rachel the wife to jacob um, we read that god that god remembered about rachel's plight and answered her prayers by giving her a child she became pregnant and gave birth to a son who she names joseph now god is working in his own way that we cannot understand or they cannot understand at that time to ensure that he's preserving the lineage that we see in matthew 1. without god's intervention then the special family line that we are reading about would not be existing. Another unusual occurrence is the number of occasions um, where the Younger brother, where a younger brother is promoted to the status of a firstborn, and we call this the reversal motif narrative that is found in the Old Testament. You know, we all know how our culture is like with firstborns. I have, I am a thirdborn, and there's so much responsibility that is placed um, on my elder brother. In the, in the jewish culture we see the firstborn son as the person who normally receives a double inheritance and was the one who would inherit the father's role as the head of the family however through god's own way we encounter occasions where the younger brother is promoted to the status of the firstborn um, who in turn becomes mentioned uh, in the genealogy of Jesus. People like Ishmael and Isaac, we have Isaac. Esau and Jacob, we have Jacob. Reuben and Joseph, we have Joseph. Zerah and Perez. Now we realize that King David, as you're reading that genealogy, that King David ends up being a descendant of Abraham, of Isaac, who was not a firstborn, of Jacob, uh, Judah, and Perez. And that's how they're mentioned uh, in Matthew 1. You know, in our times today, we find ourselves wanting to do things in our own way. We find ourselves wanting to be advisors and experts based on what is happening in our world today. But through these lessons, through these uh, scenarios, we see how God works in his own way to ensure that his promise over your life will finally come to pass. We normally find ourselves telling, we find ourselves saying that I need to be working in this company. I need to be going to this particular school. My family needs to be like this. I need to be coming from this kind of a background. This needs to be happening in my life right now so that the promises that God has given me can come to pass. God is telling you, no. I can work out in my own way uh, and I can ensure that my prom- the promises that I have over your lives will come to pass. Um, regardless of where you are right now. God here reminds us that he has his own ways to ensure that his promises of our lives will come to pass. And would you be encouraged today that even as we're singing the Christmas carols, as we're celebrating the promise of God, um that would you be encouraged to surrender everything that is troubling you to him there are things that will not make sense right now what god was promising david what god was promising abraham did not make sense to them at that particular time but there are things that god the things that god is working in his own way to ensure that his promise over your life over your parents life over your children over your family's life will for sure come to pass but you need to surrender to him. The second thing um, that we learn is that God works in his own time to fulfill his promise. Now, first one, God works in his own way to fulfill his promises. The second thing, God works in his own time to fulfill his promise. In Galatians 4, we read again that, but when the fullness of time, Galatians 4:4, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might have we might receive adoptions as sons and regardless of how long this promise took it was still fulfilled and that's why we are so happy today that's why we are passing on the 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 cheer to other people and that's why we're celebrating that the, uh, the Christ Jesus is born everything that was promised The promise that God made to Abraham in Genesis, the promise that God makes to um, David in second Samuel, finally comes to pass. And as we had read earlier, there are 14 generations in each segment. And in total, we have 42 generations. And please note that there's some people who Matthew uh, leaves out from this genealogy. So you can imagine how long that time was. Now, from the book of Malachi to Matthew, when uh, uh, we read this, this, it's almost 400 years. You can imagine how many people had lost hope. You can imagine how many people had said, this is not going to happen. We're just reading scrolls and we just hear these things from the temple. But it will for sure not come to pass. But we're being reminded today that at the right time, Christ came for us. God's promises are always true. And wherever you find yourself this Christmas, however you find yourself, maybe waiting on God to answer your prayers for healing, or reconciliation in your family, or employment, especially in this period, may you be reminded that God's promise will come to pass, over your life will come to pass. If he says that he will comfort those who mourn, and for the very many people who are mourning in this period, then he comforts those who mourn. He gives salvation to the lost, whether it's your brother, if you're trusting God for salvation of your brother or your family members, for sure he is going to come through for you. He says that he is a shield and he is a strong tower for you. May you rest on that on that promise. If you say that he will be our wonderful counselor, as we've read, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, our prince of peace then would we hold on to those promises of of God and of Jesus Christ that he will indeed be our everlasting father, that in him we'll find counsel, in him we'll find salvation, in him we will find eternal peace here on earth and eternally. Um, And his promises of our lives are being fulfilled. And as we wait on his appointed time this Christmas, then I'd like to encourage you to hold on to hope. Hold on to every word, every sentence that he has spoken um, through his scriptures. Dare to trust again this Christmas. If you've lost hope or if you have lost trust in God or in the scriptures, I dare you today to trust again. I dare you today to remember that he's not working in your own time, but he's working in his own time. And for sure, the fullness of his time and of his promise will come to pass over your lives. The third thing that we can pick from that is that through his promise, the forgiveness of sin is proclaimed to us. Amen? Now, all the promises that we have read today, all the promises that we have read today, and there are more. There are very many more. We have some in Zechariah 12, 8, Hosea 3, 5, Ezekiel 34, 24, and many more. Culminate with Jesus Christ as a promised king and deliverer of our sins of our sinful state as we see in matthew 1 1. he is indeed the son of david who comes in the name of the lord to inaugurate the long-awaited kingdom of heaven he is indeed the son of abraham who brings blessings to all nations through god's promise to abraham and to david his only son jesus christ jesus christ the son of god invades our sin broken world As fully man and as fully God suffers in every single way that you can ever think about so that we may receive the forgiveness of sins for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life that is the promise and that is that's the fulfillment of the promise of God may we be reminded about this today That his promise, the forgiveness of sin, is proclaimed to us today. By him, everyone who believes is freed from everything. Now, we're not just talking about you're barely free or you're almost free, but the Bible talks about us being abundantly free and we can rejoice. We can hope in this kind of a God, we can rejoice in this truth, in this gospel that we have today. This is the good news. And that's one of the reasons why, one of the many reasons why I really love Christmas. The forgiveness of sin is proclaimed today. And as I'm wrapping up, and I'd like to invite the worship team to come, I'd like to encourage us that if you've lost hope, I'm being signaled that the worship team, all right, as as you've if you've lost hope and if you've lost trust in god would you be encouraged to still trust in his ways would you be encouraged to still trust in his timing live in obedience just like abraham it is out of abraham's obedience um, that we are blessed and that he is blessed would you hold on to hope and realize that the salvation and freedom given to us is here with us today and if you're not born again if you're here if you're joining us here today you're not born again or you're watching us um, and you're not born again this again is for you for you to just surrender your life to him for you to believe in a God who has come to set you free, in a God who has come to invade in your life, who has come to tell you that I'm here for you and I'm here to set you free. Would you believe and trust in that kind of a God? And today just give your life to him. Would we stand as we help those few individuals to pray um, with us today? Let's stand. Pastor Becky, you can come. So if you're there and you're saying that, you know, I need to receive Jesus as my personal savior, I need to experience um, this fulfillment of the promises that God has made to us, that I need to experience um, the fullness of God and the fullness of salvation. If you're there and you're saying that I've lost hope and you're saying, guys, please pray for me today because I've, I've lost hope and I've lost uh, trust in the promises of God. This is your time for you to just lift your voice to him, however you know how to pray. Would you pray to him today and and tell God that I still trust in you today? My hope is still focused on you today. I choose to trust in you. I choose to have my hope in you. And if you'd like to receive Jesus Christ as your personal savior, you can repeat this prayer after me. The dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I give you my life. And I choose to trust in you one more time. Come into my life. Set me free. And write my name in the book of life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.